What is up, DMV Hoops fans? Welcome to another Believe in DMV Hoops. I got a great one for you here today. I've got UDC head coach Mike Riley joining me. Mike, thanks so much for coming on. No problem, Matt. Uh, for anybody not familiar, the University of the District of Columbia, uh, D2, program, or D2 program, Coach Riley, you've been in the area for forever here. want to get into that. Uh, I think that's awesome. This is exactly what we want to spotlight. But first, just a couple ad reads to get out of the way. Brought to you by Stateside Vodka and their Surfside Hard Iced Teas, Hard Lemonades, Hard Half and Halves, Hard Peach Teas, everything delicious. And also brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, UFC, tennis, everything. Uh, Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting in your favorite casino and card games. Head to the website or use our mobile device to, uh, your mobile device to join today and uh, use our promo code Believe B L E A V for fifty percent off your welcome um, bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, Coach. So I mentioned this a little bit here. Uh, you're from DC. You went to Cardoza High School. Uh, you were an assistant at Georgetown for twenty plus years. You've been the coach at UDC since 2013. Uh, you were as DMV as it gets. Uh, is that been an, just like an important thing for you? I know you've had opportunities to coach probably other places along the way. Is that something you just wanted to do and stay local? Well, I never thought about it much. Um, actually, when I was um, I, I was in the Navy, and you're talking about staying with DC. Um, I was in the Navy. I was getting out, and um, I had thought about going down with my college coach to Virginia State. Okay. That's where he was. Um, but at the time, I had a son, and I wanted to be in his life. And, um, you know, I, I, I was trying to figure out if I could take him with me or what could happen. And then there was a phone call and phone call came from Coach Thompson. And so, you know, uh, prayer works. And so uh, I got an opportunity to go to Georgetown, which was perfect mm -hmm. from the standpoint I could still be around my son. So I never thought about leaving or staying one way or another. It has been neat, though, that I've been able to get a job because, um, I was told one time by a coach that's from this area, he coached at um, Rice, mm -hmm. and he told me one time, he says, um, you're the luckiest guy I know. And I said, why is that? He said, because you were coaching at a major university in the place where you were born and raised at. And I hadn't thought about that. And I started cool. thinking about the different people that were in the business that were at different schools. They were, a lot of the people were from different places other than where they right. were from, from the school. So um, from that that regard, we're pretty lucky. I think Coach Thompson, uh, Craig Eshrick, myself, um, you know, we're we're all from the same uh, Washington D.C. area. So, did you have a long-standing relationship with Coach Thompson that led him to to make that call to bring you on the staff? Coach Thompson saw me play in high school. Okay. Um, he came to one game. We played the Matha, mm -hmm. and um, I had a pretty good game. Gotcha. <laughs> Defensively, I had a pretty good game, and he remembered that. And so when I was in the service, um, you know, I guess he was talking to the assistant coaches, and they he, they were looking for a name, and uh, my name came up. And he called my high school coach to find out uh, what happened to me. He told him what it was. So he contacted my mom. My mom gave him the, the address that he could connect me with because I was on the ship. Oh, wow. And uh, that's how I started. I actually came across the quarter deck and uh, the guy said, um, he said, Mike, you got a message here. And he looked for it and he said, you know, we were we we're actually overseas. And he said, you know, a guy named uh, Thompson, Coach Thompson. I said, "Nah, I don't know. And so, but when I call uh, the office, um, when Coach Thompson got on the phone, he said, um, do you know who I am? And after I had thought about it, I said, Coach, the only Coach Thompson I know is a Coach Thompson that coached at St. Anthony's High School. And he went to either George Washington or Georgetown. And he mm -hmm. said Georgetown. Yeah. And that's how it got started. So it was kind of neat. In wow. Yeah, you got in uh, early on the uh, the Georgetown run there, which is which is pretty sweet and helped build that thing up. Uh, the success you guys had is incredible. Just reading this off for anybody who, if you're from the area, you probably already know this, but it's uh, – Six big, uh, six big East Conference championships, four Big East tournament championships, two Final Fours, and the nineteen eighty four national championship. I think that was in your second year too. So it's a pretty good yeah. uh, run right out of the gate there to to win a national championship. Well, we went to three. Uh, I'm sorry, two Final Fours, and Craig and I first. Uh, well, Craig was a grad assistant before me, mm -hmm. but in our first full time, we went to three, two Final Fours in our first three years, and I was thinking, you know half-heartedly um, 
people always say it's tough to get to the final four. How, how tough can it be? We got, um, but never to go again. So, you know, you do know it's, it's tough to get there. And obviously I was, you know, being, that was a joke. I was not, I know it's tough and hard to get there. It's hard to, uh, and tough to win Big East championships. It's hard to win games in oh, the yeah. Big East at home and on the road. So anytime you can get them, you know, we used to have a couple of teams that um, were not so great, but the atmosphere at those places mm-hmm. made it. I mean, Providence being one of them, Providence yeah. built themselves up um, into a good team, but early on they weren't just, but the atmosphere at those places was tremendous. And so um, it was tough to play there also. I think anybody younger may not realize just like how good the big East actually was. Like it was yeah, you got the a basketball conference, those Monday night games like that. That's as good as I you mean, can Boston do. college, Seton hall. Connect. I mean, everybody had a good team and it was, it was just tough to win. And, and when those teams were down, they were trying to build up because they were trying to, you know, compete with it. And, and a lot of kids wanted to play against the best. So they wind up coming into the big East to play in the, Big East was a monster. You know, I guess it's like the SEC in football now. You know, it's just it's just it's just a monster. So um, we used to get kids, um, get an opportunity to recruit kids that were out of the area because of the fact that it was the Big East. Yeah, first big TV deal with ESPN and things like that, too. Like, guys want to come and, and have the whole world get to see them play, potentially. Uh, I think that was probably a huge recruiting pitch for anybody. It was like, hey, if, if you want to see uh, yourself in the brightest lights, you know, come come play here. Come play in the Big East. Yeah. Yeah. There was some good years there. Um, some very good years. You mentioned being uh, – having a particularly good defensive game when coach Thompson saw you, I know you were a former defensive player of the year in yeah. day. Has that been a calling card three for you for out is focusing on the defensive end or. I do. Um, I was just talking to the guys today. We were talking. Um, and I, I think I see the world in a defensive form. You know, sure. I play ping pong. I play defensively, you know, mm-hmm. before I jump in the water, <laughs> I see, I, you know, I think, some of those things um, I just do from the stand, but defense, I knew that defense was going to, um, if I was going to go anywhere with basketball, it was going to be on the defensive side. And I think that um, people have roles um, mm-hmm. on teams, you know, and everybody can't be the shooter, um, you know, the rebounder, you know, so you got to find where you fit because there are a lot of roles to be had, you know, and, and, you know, the one thing, you know, shoot a shoot, score a score, um, you know, but you can always shoot too much. You can always pass too much. Um, you know, you can always dribble too much, but you can't ever rebound too much. So, yeah. you know, if you're good rebounder, you can play and you can't ever play too much defense. Nobody, you know, I, I didn't know how I was a good one-on-one defensive player, but I did not know how to play team defense mm-hmm. until I got to Georgetown. Coach Thompson actually mm-hmm. – um taught me how to play team defense i'm thinking i get my man um you get your man and we'll go i didn't i he taught me the fact that if i if i have skills i'm able to guard my man and still help mm-hmm. with the people that may not be as quick as me and um it was it was and that's what i'm trying to convey now yeah. which um i i know he probably had a tough time at with my freshman year because some of it I just didn't see. I remember walking back up on the hill and thinking, he don't know what he's talking about. You know? <laughs> um, and, and, you know, all young people that's playing basketball, a lot of them, you figure, you, you, you think you know the way to, um, to do things. And a lot of times you don't. And if you just be a little patient, that's what, um, you know, these kids that we have here, and I'm sure in a lot of other places, they're not patients, you know, Everybody wants it uh, in a hurry. If we run plays, I'm saying get motion, swing the ball from one side to the other, and we're in practice, and they'll go five possessions, and the ball never swings from this side to the other. It goes to this side or it goes to this side, and it stays, and somebody takes a shot. So um, patient and judgment is what we all always trying to teach, patience and judgment. So, 
Does it help you convey that to your guys now that you can speak to that from experience? Like, hey, I lived this and I learned over time that I didn't know everything at 20, 20 years old. And I mean, does that help? I like to think so. I like to think that that it does help. Um, I've said to them sometimes, you know, this is not, um, you know, you guys are sitting there, but we the coaches have sat that sat in those same um, seats that you guys and been told the same things and had and and because I've been um, questioning whether or not those things that I was told was correct. I'm sure they're doing the same thing. So sometimes you got to bring them in one on one, especially if you know somebody. You tell him and then he doesn't hear it and he goes right out. So you're really trying to convey to him. These are the things that I did also. So you're absolutely right. I think it helps. And we've done a couple of these with other DC area coaches here too. And one prevailing theme that I think I've heard is just that this generation of young men need to know the why a lot more. You can't just tell them to do something, but it's like, if you can explain it to them, why this makes a difference, why they should do it. They just don't accept things as blindly. Has that been true to your experience too? Yeah, but but Matt, not only do they need to know the why, but the why has to make sense to them. Yeah, sure. So so if you ask me why and I tell you, I can see in, in the look on their face that that may not make sense to them. And mm-hmm. so now I have to come back because that's, that's what my grandson is always saying. You know, I said, he, he said, what's this? And I said, oh, that's a cartridge. Well, what's a cartridge? <laughs> Well, it's, you put it in there and you put it in the um, uh, printer so the paper can have ink. It comes out on the paper. And he said, why? You know, and so he always asked. And so I, I just think that the kids, you're right, you're right again, and that they want to know because if if they don't know, they go to their phone to get the information. And then yeah, they try exactly. to come in and tell you, you know, this is what I saw, you yeah. know, here about something, you know. So um, it is. Some of it is generational. Um, mm-hmm. You do have to figure out w- what their thinking is. And then I, when I came through, it was, you know, just do it. But I do yeah. remember, um, you know, having questions about it. So I think go back to what you said before. Does that help? I think it does help because I know sometimes they may be thinking the same thing. You know, coach doesn't know what he's talking about. And if you get guys that came from, places where coach ran things, they say, well, um, coach, my coach, uh-uh, well, you're not here. You're not there anymore. Exactly. You're, you're here. This is how we do it. Yeah. This is how we do it. And uh, so you try to explain that. So um, by we, by this time, we've been doing this about a month now, getting together. Mm-hmm. By this time, I think they understand that this is the way we do it here. You know, so yeah. it's not wrong way you did it. It's just different. We do it different, you know, so um, – we try to convey that some of them get it quicker than the others. And, you know, it's many ways to teach Matt. Um, sure. I learned that from coach Thompson and that I can tell you something. I can write it on a board. I can show it to you on a video mm-hmm. or we can go down on the floor and we can walk through it. And some kids get it, but in the history of basketball, there's never been a coach that called a timeout and brought the group over and he got the clipboard up and he drew some lines on the clipboard and he turned up and looked up and said, you got it. Isn't in the history of basketball. Has there been a player at that timeout said, no coach, can you explain it to me again? (laughs) Everybody shakes their head and they go out on the floor. And then when, when it doesn't go correctly, they say, Oh, I thought you meant I was, you know, so, um, you know, hopefully uh, if you're working, uh, the coaching staff knows some of the people that may not get it by looking at that board. Um, mm-hmm. Because some of it is confusing because sometimes that's the problems with text message. What I meant to say in the text, you know, the, the emphasis doesn't come through exactly on the text message. And so somebody else reads it and say, oh, but you say it. Yeah, but that's that's not what I meant. Right. And There's so, room for interpretation think, there that can get kind of problematic, I'm sure. Correct. Correct. So we try to filter out the, the kids that need maybe a little extra once they leave the the huddle mm-hmm. and, you know, you say, hey, remember now you're supposed to go to the elbow and then fade. Oh, yeah, coach. I know. I got it. I got it. Right. Okay. Okay. Just want to make sure. So we're on the same page. So it's fun. And, and that's why when it, when it comes together in a game or half or whatever, and you come back and guys are smacking high, the other team has called timeout. 
the older I get, I, I get to appreciate those moments yeah, of sure. happiness as opposed to waiting to the end result. Mm-hmm. Um, because I know those those moments are special. You look somebody in the eye and you say, I told you, right? You know, and they say, yeah, coach, you got that. You know, you give some elbow bump or something. Um, and so I want to enjoy those moments because you do have some special relationships with some sure. of the guys. Um, they go away and they call you back and say, coach, I remember when you said. And so a lot of my stories, which are um, John Thompson stories or Harold Dean stories, who was my high school coach, mm. they become Mike Riley stories. You know, I may add a twist and twist there to make it home. <laughs> Um, but they're Mike Riley stories now. And so some of the guys that come back and say, coach used to say, everybody can't do this. Cause mm-hmm. that's what I say in the morning. Everybody can't do this. If we're here at six in the morning, you know, let's get going. Cause everybody can't do this. And so, um, and it's kind of fun. And it's, uh, it's, it's very much appreciative to have good people. That's in the same thing that trying to accomplish the same thing that you are. I'd kind of never thought about that before of just, you're not only a teacher, you're, five different types of teacher, you know, like every kid is not going to learn the same way and and get it at the same pace. So right. you've got to be able to speak, you know, different languages almost to different kids and, and, and have that connect. And right. that really ways. does uh, increase the difficulty or degree of difficulty there to get everybody on the same page for this one thing. So right. that's a great point. Right. Right. So, uh, I guess when you think about things you learned from coach Thompson and how you apply them to your coaching, is it, more of the on the court X's and O stuff or more of the off the court team building, team management, um, chemistry, relationship kind of stuff. I think, I think relationships, team chemistry is harder. The X's and O's, I mean, you can put them down and run them, but if you can get kids to believe in you, it's mm-hmm. easier to do the X's and O's, um, out on the floor, but the relationships, the, these kids nowadays have, you know, it, there was a time, Matt, before you were born, but there was a time where if you left work to go home, your job didn't know where you were. They couldn't reach you. It, you were gone. Yep. You came back the next day and whatever problems they had right after you left, you were going to re- help them to resolve it the next day. Mm-hmm. Well, these kids are in a world where everything is going on. You know, yeah. you never we, really clock out. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's it's things in their family that's going on. They got friends going on, and you know, with this world that everybody seems like from age eleven or twelve on up could possibly have a gun or something. You know, it's just too much. It's too much, and these kids are held um, to a different standards relative. I'm talking about in their families because they go to college. If in some cases, their family think they need to know everything that's going on every day. And I yeah. and I try to tell them sometimes that's why you send them away to go to college, mm-hmm. to get away from whatever was going on and yeah. in the places where they were living. And so let them do that. You know, I mean, I'm not saying try to hide anything from, but sure. to let get them, them focus. On and yeah. call them and text them during class or, you know, they, they just getting phone calls all the time from people. And, and so. You have to help them to navigate that because it's mm-hmm. a, it's a it's an interesting world. We talked about, you know, um, I asked them a couple of days ago when it happened, did they know, did they know who Hamas was? Had they ever heard of Hamas? Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of them, I think, knew had heard something but wasn't sure. And then we started talking about, you know, all these people and we talk about innocent people. And I said, sure. you know, you're lucky to be here in America, um, you know, you t- and you take it for granted. Mm-hmm. But we were attacked at nine one one. You know, we were yep. we were attacked by you know somebody. You just don't know where that was going, yep. um, and it was a scary time for us. Um, but you just talk about the things and the difficulties in the world, and just try to get them to understand that they got to work through it. And this is why they go to college and go to school so they can have an opinion about something. And we won't be trying to get a speaker of the house that we can't get in order to do, but you know, it just, yeah, it just sure. goes on and on. And and so it's so many things that's going on in the world today. They have to slow down. And, and I try to bring them some things and some facts and I give out every now and then we give out a Gatorade to somebody that knows the right answer to sure. a question about something, but it pertains, but all this comes from coach Thompson because mm-hmm. it wasn't, there wasn't anything 
and you you can ask Jahadi that coach would um you know we'd be going hard up and down the floor or something and um coach would blow the whistle and he'd go over and sit in the chair and say y'all come over here and sit down and then he asked it you know uh did anybody know that American Airlines lost um you know x amount of dollars this past quarter or something you know yeah. and they would say what well, and then he would go into this whole speech about they're comparing it to last quarter so they didn't actually lose it for the year they lost it in that quarter you know mm-hmm. whatever they may have lost and and make them think and, yeah. and they would say it wasn't anything that um we'd sit down for 30 minutes and then get up and warm up again and go right. back to practice and so i try to bring a little bit of that in we don't have the time that, that we had at georgetown but I try to do that at the end of practice by bringing up scenarios or talk mm-hmm. about different things. So we're not just basketball. I want them to walk away and be talking to people and say, well, when I was in college, my coach, he didn't, he talked about all kinds of different things, you know? Yeah. So I do want them to take from that. I was lucky enough to uh, intern on coach Thompson's radio show toward the end of his, his run over uh, at ESPN 980. And the thing that struck me was, I was only there with them a couple hours a week for, you know, six months, whatever it was, but he'd like remembered like personal details about you and stuff too. And he would, Hey, how'd that project you were talking about go last week? Um, so he, he actually, this is obviously later in life and he had sort of a more of a grandfatherly vibe about him by then. I don't know exactly what he was like in his heyday, but, um, it, it was impressive that he just remembered that, those kinds of things about pretty much everybody in the office. I, I thought that was great, but he, he took can I interrupt yeah, please, he please. took great great pride in being a listener yeah I great so. great pride in being a listener and i try to emulate that yeah. because of the fact people talking to you and it's very important to remember that you're a cat lover you know it's, it's very important to remember <laughs> exactly. that you're a cat lover you know so yep. i won't bring my dog over to your house you know so exactly. little things that he'd pick up on and he'll come back and say, well, how was this? Or how was that? Or something like that. And you say, wow, coach, you remember that, you know, he took great pride in being a listener. So I think he, I think he, he used to ride up to um, camp in Boston. I think it was Boston Mm -hmm. uh, with Red Arbeck is from here. And he used to ride up with Red Arbeck. And he said the whole time going up and the whole time coming back, he said, all I was doing was listening. Uh, you know, a good person to, to listen yeah, and learn from yeah. too. So, you know, you learn. So he said he, he, he just, so I thought, you know, to be a good listener, what does that mean? You know, and, and I said, you have to actually hear where a person is trying to go with the conversation. And, mm-hmm. and like you said, maybe regurgitate some of the things that you said earlier. And that would impress a person, you know, yeah. that would say, wow, he heard that. He listened to that, you know, so you're absolutely right. He, he, he was definitely good at that. It's Very a great good. way to build those relationships and build some trust. And, oh, this guy cares about me. If he remembered these kind of details. And I, I got to think that was probably big on the recruiting trail too, of like, Hey, your mom's name, your dad's name, what they do for a living. Right. You know, I, I know you, the person, not just you, the basketball player. I'm sure right. that, that went a long way. Uh, you, you hear all the coach K's and people like that, and you read all their books and they talk about how, you know, it's important for them to be a life coach and set these guys up for the business world. And uh, I'm sure they mean that to an extent, but if you're Duke and you're graduating five guys that are going to be first round draft picks, that's one thing for you at the D2 level, the chances of your guys playing meaningful professional basketball are pretty low in the NBA. Probably I would say slim to none, right? Like, so for you, you are actually setting these guys up for the rest of their lives. I mean, that's got to be a pretty cool part of the job and, and to think about it in that context, I would think. Well, the focus on, and we talk about, and, and we have three people, including myself, that's on staff. Mm-hmm. And one of the guys is his main body of work is academics. That's you know great. what I mean? He helps guys get tutors. He helps guys with their organization. He helps them you know, going through majors, what they need to make sure they're ready to graduate. Um, And we talk about that and we try to help them with job opportunities afterwards. And you're absolutely right. I don't kill their dream about being a professional athlete, but we have to be realistic and we have to understand what we're trying to do and what we're trying to accomplish. Um, You know, Coach Thompson, um, I got it from him, you know, uh, making sure 
you know, I have an academic coordinator just like he had an academic coordinator. Um, and that academic coordinator that he had, she was, she was a piece of work, but I tell you, it worked. It worked. It got people degrees, yeah, you know, they were as in sync as you could be. Right. I mean, that was right. That was right. And um, so I, I, you're absolutely right in that it is important that they um, get a degree. And, and it's interesting. We've got a couple of guys on the team that um, and I don't know if you remember a guy named Ron Blaylock, but but um, boy named Ron Blaylock was on the team back when Patrick and them were on the team. Okay. And Coach Thompson said that he was going to be very successful. Well, he had, he owned his own company on Wall Street. And um, we got a couple of kids. I don't know if they're going to own their own company on Wall Street, but they're going to be successful, you know, because they ask questions. You come in in the morning. Good morning, coach. How you doing? You know, you're looking all right all day. Everything all right. You know, they just yeah. got personality that's going to fit with people that's trying to be successful. You know, mm. we got one of the kids running for office here awesome. on campus. So it, it's a good group. I hope they um, we play as well as we've been playing in practice uh, in the games um, or start out the scrimmages because I want them to be – I want all the teams to be good. But this team's kind of special in regard that they come together, they like each other, I like them. Um, and, I, and I just want so badly for them to be successful that I've been working overtime to make sure they get it, what they're doing, because – they're playing well. Um, I don't want to blow them up too early because it's it's too early. We haven't done anything yet, but um, they're doing well. They're grinding. They're working hard, and I want them to continue to do that. I got to imagine it's like a parent to some respect where, like, hey, every parent loves all their kids, but some of them, you know, you probably like a little bit more than others, and, and maybe with certain ones you just connect with differently. I'm sure that happens. How can coaching, you not right? do that and be human? Right, exactly. You, you know, I mean, yeah. we're human. Yep. You know, obviously, there's. I've got three kids. Sure. <laughs> you no, know, I love them all, but mm -hmm. you know, it's. I, you, I don't see how you can be human. I would never tell them, but I, yeah, I, exactly. I just don't know how you can be human and not. You know, may, maybe one of them played basketball and the others didn't. You know, so sure. I like I like the yeah. Fact you have different play. relationships with everybody, and some some connect better more than others. I'm I'm sure. Um, that happens over the course of a long coaching career too, where there's certain ones you look back on and you're like, you know what, that team, that was a team. Like that was a special group. So I, I hope for you that this one pans out the, the way you're thinking. I want to talk a little bit more about this team, this year's team specifically. Mm -hmm. uh, first thing that that came across when looking at the roster was one, you got a lot of guys from the area, which I think is really cool. If they're not DC, they're DC suburbs or DC adjacent or the greater DMV as a whole, which we love here on this podcast, but also, a pretty good mix of of younger and veteran guys. It seems like you got four freshmen coming in, but also probably just as many seniors. So, mm. I guess is that does that help you at all to have guys that know each other, know the area, they're probably familiar with each other, and it 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 helps tremendously to have kids from this area because of the fact that um, you got kids that can take some of the other guys not from the area. You can take them home mm. uh, during Thanksgiving. Yeah. Um, they know other people. You get get people to come to the games, you know, mm -hmm. because the um, area kids is playing here. It helps with recruiting. Um, but it also helps because of the fact that we've seen the kids maybe multiple times during the course yeah, of funny. maybe a couple of years because they're mm -hmm. local kids. Sure. Um, so I just think that um, having local kids is easier. Um, it's, it's If you get a D.C. kid, it's cheaper. If you get a Metro kid, it's cheaper uh, than getting an out-of-town kids. Um, yeah, so uh, we recruit the East Coast a lot. Um, we get it's not in like there's a shortage of talent around here anyway, right? Like, it's right, it's not. And so, um, you know, we can't get it all, um, but we'll recruit guys. Um, and sometimes you're looking for specifics. We we lose a couple of big guys this year, so we'll be mm -hmm. looking for um, big guys as we were looking for guards this this year that we have now. And um, the freshman group that we got in, we think they, they're a pretty good group. Um, but, you know, we say this every year um, when it's on paper, um, it looks pretty good. Um, sure. Takes a little time to, you know, make it work. So, um, you know, but we think we have a good group. We got a um, good group. We have size. We got quickness. Um, you know, we just got to 
make sure we're rebounding, playing defense, and, um, you know, scoring the ball. So um, I think that takes care of the whole game. But I just think that, you know, when you bring a group together, you you are trying – because every time you change the lineup, from day to day, you're just trying to see how one line works. looks the other, and guys get to looking around and saying, "Wonder why he did." And you can see them almost thinking, "Yeah, wonder why he did that." You know, and and I've had in in years past, I haven't had this year, where kids will say, "Coach, why you why did you why did you take me off that team?" You know, mm-hmm. and I said, "Cause I just want to see what yeah. you do on the other team." I'm just I'm just looking at you know different experimenting lines. early in the year, yeah, and experimenting. You know, and I say that. Every year I said, look, you know, when I we going through practice and it may be guys going here, guys going there. I'm switching teams. I said, don't try to figure out what I'm doing. You know why? Because I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just putting the guy on that team to see what happens, putting the guy on. there. And sometimes you're looking for quickness. Sometimes you're looking for defense, trying to see if a big team can play. If we play a big team, you put a smaller team and scramble, you know, so you're just trying to see what lineups are. So um, I just think that, um, you know, when you do that and when you have a mixture of young guys, we intentionally wanted to bring in four freshmen and intentionally wanted to bring in two um, either community or junior college guys. We did that intentionally because we didn't want to bring in six freshmen. Yeah. I'm sure that that's tough to make that work. Uh, you know? Yeah. When, when, yeah. Cause you're trying to find somebody. You, know. you always hear get old, stay old in college basketball now coming in with six freshmen is probably a, a tougher a recipe for success, I would think, in the short term. It is. It is. You're absolutely right. Uh, you mentioned sort of the mix of this year's team being sort of like big man, heavy, front court heavy. Um, you know, last year you had Jameer Williams, one of the best guards probably in all of Division two basketball, uh, made a second team, second team All-American. I guess when you lose a player like that, does that change the identity of the team and what you want to do? Or I guess, how do you, how do you go about even replacing that? Cause it's more than just the production. He was probably the tone setter for the whole team. It, it's, it's the leadership. And I told them that, mm-hmm. and what I was trying to do is generate somebody to step up and say, coach, I'll, I'll take upon the leadership. Sure. You know, he was a guy that could come in and say, okay, guys, let's, let's, let's get this done. This is what you want. Co- okay. Let's get this done. Mm-hmm. And if you're coaching, you need to have somebody that's in the ranks to do that. You know, you don't need to be coming in and you barking here, barking there and just barking. You need somebody in the ranks that come on, let's get this done. And and also identify that they're not. They're not spending the energy on this particular day. We have to pick the energy up, you know, that yeah, type sure. of thing. And he did that. And I told the guys, the uh, returning guys, I had them in a meeting. And I said, Jamir was a leading guard rebounder on this team. Um, he was a leading assist guy on this mm-hmm. team. I said, we're going to miss his points. I said, but where we're going to really miss him is his leadership. And I said, that's where I, I need help at. I need help at the leadership. Some of the guys have picked it up, but you don't teach leadership. Yeah. You know, I mean, you can talk about it, but some guys like Jamir had it. You know, he whatever it, he did or whatever to make up. He just had the leadership ability and everybody I know is not, they don't come to the table with that um, ability, but they have gotten, the guys we had this year have gotten better mm-hmm. at than what they were before. And so that helps. I, they're not going to be Jameer. I know that, you know, and Jameer wasn't Jameer, believe me. Yeah, you got to start somewhere. Yeah, you got to start somewhere. But he wasn't that person either when he first came here. A um, lot of conversations, a lot of conversations sitting down in my office and us going through, you know, the things that he needs to do. He needs to stop fussing at people. You're not a coach. You know, you need to stop trying to tell people what to do and share with them. This is what we need to do in order to get better. And you need to go out and get a sandwich with a couple of guys, you know. Um, they probably all appreciate that, the younger guys, especially, yeah. I think. Yeah. And that's that's how you you know, form a bond and, and you build relationships. And so he did all those things and he paid his dues. And I just talked to him uh, last week. He said he was coming down here last week, uh, but he's, he's, he's tracing that, that, and I'll say the NBA, well, I'll say professional, he's chasing that professional and you got to do it while you're young. I know that, you know, you and I are not going to be able to play professionally 
Um, and it, 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 while he's at the age, if he's got an opportunity to do it, he needs to try to do it. Yep. And so I told him to go chase it. And then, you know, after he finishes that, let's sit down and talk about the future, you know, um, about things. So, you know, he's a great person and I miss him immensely because of the fact that what he gave and not talking about solely on the basketball court, um, the things he gave off the basketball court, because it wasn't him at first. And he did, he developed that skill, if you want to call it, mm -hmm. um, into something that was positive for the team. And we had a great year last year um, relative to playing up and down. Yeah. And then at the end, we won five straight in order to get into the tournament in order to, you know, so it, it was kind of interesting. It wound up being a successful year from that standpoint um, because we were, um, I don't know, what's the word, discombobulated. We were just all over the place. Early it came together life. late for you. It came together late. And that if you're going to come together, it's the that's time. the time to come together is late. So one of the guys that seemed to kind of most come on at the end of the year and maybe helped from that perspective was Hartnell Hay. Uh, you know, he had a great um, in your in your last postseason game, which unfortunately didn't work out. He was still really good individually, he had 21 points, couple rebounds um against St. Thomas Aquinas, who was like always really, really good at that level, I think. Um that that's that's a tough team to he, he was a guy that um, he he made all tournament. I guess yeah. the all tournament team um, last year, and um, he was a guy that we're counting on this year to step up his leadership abilities. Um, doesn't have it, you know. Um, he's got to work on it. Um, not a um, not a natural communicator, you know. Come in rah rah guy. Um, but he's he's going to work on the board and he's going to give you he's solid from what he's going to give you. We're probably going to get 11 to 12 points, you know, six or seven rebounds. He'll have better games, but he's that's what he's going to average out being. And, and um, he's going to be a good passer. We have him throw the ball and bounce um, mm -hmm. all the time. Um, actually, we were um, pleased with what he did last year as far as across the board production, you know, mm -hmm. but not, not a, a demonstrative kid. Uh, we gotcha. prefer to see him give me a little bit of more, you know, something. Gotcha. Um, he, he's got to be him. And so I don't, I don't expect that to change this year, but good kid, loving the deaf. Um, he's going to be um, one of the people that's going to be in the mix playing when we play those teams like us. Uh, uh, St. Thomas Aquinas, as you mentioned, mm -hmm. that comes to play every every game. Um, he's going to have to play well enough for us to beat them. Reminds me of the old coach Thompson line about, I'd rather calm down a fool than raise a corpse. You know, like Always. It, always. It, I, that, always. That's you the one that sticks with me the most of anything. Yeah, you cannot get kids fired up. You can, you can <laughs> calm them down. Right. But it, it's very hard, no matter what you say or – how much you yell or scream or you become, um, but it, it's just it's just difficult. I he's Coach Thompson. You're right, absolutely right, and he's absolutely right. Um, you must prefer to have a kid that you gotta calm down. And we got a couple of kids that I don't need to calm them down, but they really are demonstrative. They they just get out and you know, um, which I love. I love because uh, you got to play this game with emotion. Yeah, and so. Uh, Mentioned trying to replace Jameer's production on court a little bit here. It seems like one of the guys poised to do that is Eric Morgan. Uh, had a seemingly pretty good freshman year, put up good numbers and production. Six four guard from DC, averaged about eight points a game. Like I said, as a freshman, uh, is that someone you see taking a big jump in, in year two? We we need for him to take a jump. Um, okay. He played well. He started some games as a freshman. Um, really came out of nowhere. Came to an open gym. Uh, we had seen him play. Mm -hmm. But um, at at Jackson Reed um, Wilson High School, but um, we had seen him play, but wasn't sold on him until he came to that open gym, and we got to see him play like five or six games, and then mm -hmm. we said, you know what, we need to take a chance because he was a DC kid, and got to talk to him. He was intelligent, you know, um, and had good grades, and so all that helps you to to like a kid a little bit more. Yep. Um, but he was a pleasant surprise. He came in and competed, 
And anytime I told him he needed to do something, I told him that you need to go home and work on your left hand. And he came back and you can see, see what the kids don't realize. You you don't have to go watch them work on the left hand. You can see the improvement in it. They're actually doing it or not. Yeah. You can so you can tell it, and he actually's been working on his left hand, and so it's made him a better player. So uh, we're expecting some good things from him this year. Another guard, uh, Tevin Curtis, five uh, nine junior, um, pretty good last year. A, a good three point shooter, nice assist guy. Is that another person you'll look to to kind of set things up and run the yeah, offense? Yeah, he's a he's a guy that um, you know came from over there, St. Francis um, in Baltimore, and. Um, good, real, real good family. Um, but he's got to step up a little bit also. He may be the best defensive player on the team, although we have a freshman that's pretty good. Okay. But um, even at 5'9", um, he's a very good rebounder. Um, and that's what Jameer was at his six-foot um, height. So, um, And we need guys like that. It's not afraid to go in there. And so – He's um, I can I do not want. He's playing some point guard. He played some last year. He's playing some point guard this year. But what I don't want to lose from him is his ability to score and to shoot. Mm-hmm. Um, early on, and I told him this early on, he put so much emphasis on running the team that there not, is a not final on his own number at all. Yeah, correct. He hadn't been taking shots, so he hadn't been looking for opportunities for himself. And I said. I need for you to look for opportunities for yourself. So I actually, the last couple of practices, I put him on the wing because mm-hmm. I need for him to get back to what he's doing because the thing of setting the team up, I that's good. But if I had to pick, I want him to be aggressive in scoring because we're going to need both. I can find another person to set it up, set the table. I can't find another person to do what he does on the wing. So um, I mean, it, you might, I may be able to, but it's easier if he's scoring and being aggressive from the wing. He makes everybody else's job better. Yeah, take as was. many shots as you want to, Matt, but don't take not one bad shot. There you go. Uh, hey, if you can make forty-one percent of your threes too, uh, I think you could get a pretty green light on on a lot of those. There you go. There you go. Uh, also, I have Micah Campbell and Nicholas Kenton, two other six foot seven. Um, older players nicholas is uh, a junior and micah senior does that help having a veteran front court like that big physically developed guys already you're not having to to rely too much on the freshman to, to bang on the boards and stuff well you, you know at this level um the hardest thing to find is a big body that's um serviceable yeah and so um if you can find a couple of guys that's serviceable um then you're ahead of the game and if they have some experience, like you said, which they do have, then you're a little bit further ahead of the game. Mm-hmm. So they're talking um, to some of the younger guys, and I'm watching them talk to some of the younger guys, and I'm just smiling because they're saying, we need to do this, we need to do that. Um, and both of them are going to have an impact on us having a good season or not. Um, we, are, we have actually put in a little bit of a – wrinkle in our offense and within that um both of those guys are being more um not productive scoring but more productive in handling the ball and being a part of the offense Mm -hmm. and i i think they like that i think big guys always like to be able to touch the ball a little bit more gotta reward the big guy right yeah always reward the big guy you know because he's down there pounding getting rebounds for you so hopefully um That'll be successful. Uh, you mentioned one of the freshmen being very good defensively. Uh, we have four freshmen on this roster. Any one of them you expect to be able to contribute day one? And and who's the one that's uh, sort of – Well, Nazir uh, Coleman is the one that's very good um, defensively. Um, the freshman, he's just aggressive, mm-hmm. very aggressive, coming at you, staying in your face. Um, uh, Makai uh, Arnold um, – is a shooter. He was all met in this area. And so, um, you know, I think, I think he'll be helpful. Um, he's been playing a lot. Um, we've had, um, Charles Holly or CJ shoot the lights out. Um, he's been a little, 
uh, injured, had a little injury, so he hasn't been playing a whole lot um, scrimmage, but he's coming around. And then who else we got? Um, Makai. Oh, um, Raywan. Raywan is a kid that um, uh, Raywan um, Gray. <laughs> Raywan Gray. Uh, he's he went to Tacoma Academy, and um, he can shoot the lights out. So that helps. He's six seven. Um, so I, you know, I think we got a good crop. Um, again, it comes down to, you know, we're talking on October the 14th. Um, everybody's pretty good on October the 14th. Yeah. Let, let me, I'll, I'll talk to you on November the 14th and I'll tell you, I, I have a better answer for you, but, um, I think that the makings of a good team is there, whether it comes early, uh, in the middle or late, I don't know. Um, but I think we have the makings of a pretty good team. They're working hard. Um, I don't know. I don't remember off the top of my head at this point in time right now, I don't remember having a team work as hard as this team has worked. Oh, you got to love that as a coach. I do. I do. So I, I've had to back them down a little bit. Um, as I said, we, we ended early today um, and got them out of here and talked to them you know um but got them out of here and told them to go rest because they needed the rest because they they grind they were they were grinding this week they really were so gotta uh, save them from themselves a little bit sometimes i'm sure you do you do because they you know guys want to play ball all the time and so um tell them to go study uh before I get you out of here, for anyone who hasn't been to a UDC game, which I personally have not, which I plan on remedying this season, um, okay. what should we expect? Uh, what's you know what's the calling card of the team? What kind of team are we going to see? And, and what's the experience like? Well, this year we're going to press. We're going to um, we're going to get out and run, which we always have. We we averaged eighty some points um, last year. We expecting to um, average as many this year. Um, and we're going to try to put as many bodies fresh, keep fresh bodies in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, based on the game, um, uh, we play, um, Bowie state on, um, November the 18th, which is a Saturday here. Um, that's going to be a lively game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they bring their fans over and mm-hmm. so, you know, rivalry game a little bit. So that should be a good game um, to attend. So uh, the atmosphere should be fun and, um, you know, hope to see you at a game. Yeah. Yeah. We definitely love that. Uh, I think just being able to bring Jahadi with you, I'll see what I can do. If we can get him back in town, I will, I'll definitely see (laughs) if I can get him out. Um, Coach, thank you so much for doing this. I I think uh, one thing I like to end on too, is just taking away for basketball here a little bit. Can you give us one fun fact about Mike Riley that people may not know, whether it's a guilty pleasure TV show or what do you get into when you're not coaching basketball? Um, you know, I like to watch 60 minutes. Okay. Um, that's just on Sundays, but yeah. I, lo- I love to watch 60 minutes and I, you know, I do watch CNN. Um, that helps me to talk to the kids mm-hmm. about things that's going on that's other than basketball. And, and we have a Q and a sections um, sometimes, whereas I, put things on a note card. I want to bring to their attention about things that's going on. Um, I give out Gatorade by, I ask him, you know, who's the first black uh, person to win an Oscar. And, you know, they'll, they'll be thinking. And um, one of the kids this year say, Oh, I know, I know, I know who it is, coach. I know who it is. I know who it is. And um, um, he wound up getting part of the answer. Right. But, okay. Part of the history of that is um, Hattie McDaniels is a person that that I'm talking about. She won an Oscar. She was black. Um, and the year that they had the Oscar at the hotel, black people couldn't come into the hotel. So that's a little trivial side yeah. story of that story that she, she had to receive her Oscar somewhere other than in the hotel there is. And so I try to bring him those type yeah, of that's facts, great for them, you yeah. know, if I can. 
I love that. Uh, I think the kids probably benefit from that. It's exactly what you're saying. You get guys come back 10 years later. They're like, hey, coach, you know, glad you brought this kind of stuff into my life and my attention. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, you, you look at the, and I don't know if you've heard the movie Hidden Figures. Mm-hmm. I never heard of that story. Yeah, it's an unbelievable story, you know, and. I, I work on commercial space launches and with NASA uh, as a full-time job, and I had never heard that story before. So, I mean, that, there that's... Go. There you go. You know, they always say that, you know, Roosevelt rode over San Juan Hill with uh, a regiment of soldiers, and in that regiment, there were two small battalions of black soldiers that rode over the hill with him. And they say that they didn't get lost riding over the hill. They got lost in the history books. Yeah. Yeah. When people paint that picture later, that's right. They're leaving that out by choice. Yeah. So very cool. Anyway, I appreciate what you're doing. I I think this is, um, you know, like I said, you, you impact lives more directly than, than some of these other coaches at other levels, because these guys are with you for multiple years. And, and this, um, is the jumping off point for them for the, the whole rest of their lives outside of basketball. So thanks for what you're doing. Thanks for having me, Matt. Good luck to you. And, and again, say hi to Jihadi when you see him. We'll do good luck this season. We look forward to following along the way. If you ever have any players you want to have on or anything, we'd we'd love to have them here too, just to talk about their perspective and uh, yeah, kick some butt out there. Appreciate you. All right, everybody, you know the drill. Rate, review, subscribe. Make sure you're checking out UDC basketball throughout the year. We'll keep you uh, posted with some updates. And uh, as always, we were presented by betonline.ag and we will catch you all next time. See you later.